SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. We got our poll question set up there, and that is what's your best play for this afternoon as we do have some afternoon football. Uh, It is a beautiful thing. Pittsburgh laying 10, Baltimore getting 10, over 42 or under 42. You get your vote in, and we'll update that a couple of times uh, before we are through on this uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, and one guy already, Justin, uh, emailed in Baltimore plus 350 on the money line. Well, listen, not a bad play. If you, if you want to go with, uh, you know, the older do theory, thinking that Pittsburgh's not going to run the table, they're going to lose one of these games. Um, who knows what, what kind of Steeler team you're going to get or Raven team. I, I said that last hour. It, it's a tough one. It, it really is. I do think you're going to get some points because points are always there. Guys always, always, always want to play offense. Not necessarily about defense. You know, defense doesn't travel. You know, defense travels in basketball. It doesn't travel in football. Offense travels in football. Offense, no matter what the circumstances, rain, sleet, snow, in games, out of games, in contention, out of contention, uh, these guys always want to score. You don't always want to play defense. You don't always want to get in front of a 200-pound lineman or a running back, you know, comes storming at you with a full head of steam. You know, you get the old, oh, by the way, type of tackle. So, but uh, you you ask a player to score a touchdown, they always want to. So I think that's going to kind of play a role a little bit later on tonight. So initially, I would say over 42 is the play tonight. But uh, Pittsburgh laying 10, Baltimore plus 10, over or under 42. Again, go to Opposite Picks, get your vote in there, and uh, we'll update that a couple of more times before we are through. But we do have NFL football, despite getting Baltimore with two more positive tests. You know, a backup player, safety, uh, uh, Geno Smith, uh, Geno Stone, rather, has played two games, and, and then a front office worker. Who cares about that? So it's not going to affect the, uh, you know, uh, them deciding whether they're going to play or not. Really, I don't know why they announced these things, but I guess they have to. But uh, I, I kind of like it where you're not supposed to know. I kind of like it in college football where they just say he's out. You know, that, that, that just he's out. All right, that's, that's fine. Sounds a little bit easy to accept then. You know, two, three, four more guys, ten straight people. When in reality, the people that are failing these tests, you know, wouldn't have a role in the games anyway. So 3.30, 3.40 kickoff time on NBC this afternoon. And then we'll have our tree lighting ceremony later on tonight, which is just crazy to me. Again, I don't quite get it. Don't know why they couldn't have had the tree lighting ceremony tomorrow and got the football game in tonight. But if that really is the case, then that's what they decided. I really believe it had more to do with just getting the the game underway in the afternoon. This way, Baltimore can get on a plane and hop back to Baltimore and be in, in bed in their own you know facilities and whatever around nine ten o'clock tonight. I would think ten o'clock, maybe even even eleven o'clock. Versus, you know, getting back to Baltimore three, four o'clock in the morning and maybe having tomorrow be just a shot. So I think that's playing a role uh, more than anything else, more than the tree lighting ceremony. But if it was the tree lighting ceremony that really dictated it, wow, 
That is amazing. It really is. All right, this is hour number two, Bagels and Bad Beats, with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. So we're standing set for some NFL football. We got the uh, college uh, rankings coming out yesterday uh, as uh, the top seven remain the same, including Ohio State, despite not playing. Ryan Day won't be with the team this weekend. He's still out with the virus, but it's Alabama 1, Notre Dame 2, Clemson 3, Ohio State 4, and Texas A&M at 5. Uh, winning last week against LSU, but not really impressively. Sun Bowl was canceled due to the virus. So they're having all kinds of issues with El Paso where the Sun Bowl is held. In fact, the UTEP canceled or at least postponed its football operations at this point, which is sad because they're actually three and four this year, which may not sound like a lot, but for UTEP, it actually is. So no Sun Bowl this year. I don't know how they're going to do any of these games. I, I mentioned that before. You know, they, they announced a, a college football bowl schedule of 30 plus games. How in the world are they looking people straight in the face and saying, you're not playing non-conference games, you're not playing a full regular season schedule, but we're going to send you to California, we're going to send you to Arizona, we're going to send you to Florida, we're going to send you to Hawaii, we're sending you to Texas to play meaningless, dopey bowl games. I mean, it really is stupid. What they probably should do, if, if they want to you know, have an extra game just for the sake of having an extra game, you know, play another non-conference game, you know, have, have a runner-up game. You know, maybe that would bring some intrigue to, to the sport. You know, in, in the case of the ACC, all right, you got Notre Dame and Clemson playing for the ACC championship. Then you have Miami taking on North Carolina, you know, in, in the uh, runner-up game, if you will. But, you know, at least they don't have to travel as far. You're giving the kids an extra game. You can kind of make it out like it's a big deal. But, you know, to send, you know, six and five, five and four, you know, four and three football teams halfway across the country to play a meaningless bowl game when you're dealing with the coronavirus makes just no sense. I mean, you talk about how dopey college football can be. That makes no sense whatsoever. None. So Sun Bowl out. Ryan Day this week for Ohio State out. And uh, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, I don't care. Sarah Fuller in uh, for Vandy when they take on Georgia this week. Now, if they couldn't score Vandy against Missouri, I don't know how they're going to score against Georgia this week. So maybe she's going to be, you know, back to just kicking off swift kick in the second half. I mean, really, is that accomplishing anything? We had our diatribe on it yesterday, so I won't get back into it, but it announced, uh, Vandy announced that she'll be back on his team this week. Congratulations. All right, bagels and bad beats. Let's go. We'll have a second hour. We'll put up that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Anthony, with the, with the loss continuing to mount and it's been two years of losing now, are you, are you at all concerned about job security? Do you block out that noise or how do you kind of approach that? You know, that's, that's, that's part of it. It comes with the territory, you know. Uh, I control what I can control and I don't, I don't worry about that. Give it a, of course, I, I like my job and I want to be here and I believe I'm the right guy for the job and can turn this around. But uh, that's not my decision. <laughs> I tell you, reporters are getting a little bit more bold. They, they, they really are. They, they got no qualms anymore about asking these questions about job security. You know, they found like a little security blanket on how to ask it. 
versus a, hey, coach, uh, you suck. Uh, you're probably going to be fired in a couple of weeks. What do you think? You know, they, they come at them with, uh, you know, job security. Uh, have you gone to the front office and gotten a vote of confidence? You know, different ways to skin a cat, as the saying goes. That's Anthony Lynn, current head coach of the uh, L.A. Chargers, you know, being asked about job security, as Doug Peterson was asked yesterday as well. You know, Peterson, you know, Bay, they're all going to say the same thing, uh, more than likely anyway. They're going to say, listen, it's not it's my, you know, my decision. It's out of my control. I don't worry about that. I'm worried about, you know, preparing for the next week's game, but, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, but what else are they going to say? Meanwhile, you know, they got to be worrying about it. They have to. Although, you know, it's one thing for you and I to lose our jobs and worry about where the next paycheck is coming. You know, these guys are making millions of dollars, unless they're pissing away their money. And they've had NFL careers. You know, in the case of Lynn and Doug Peters, not great ones, but they've made some money. They were in the league, right? So they have to have uh, financial security that if they lose their job, it's not the end of the world. A lot of these guys have guaranteed contracts. You know, oddly enough, not like the players. Uh, the coaches actually have guaranteed contracts, so they got to get paid off. They may not be going to work every day, nine to five anymore, but it's not like they're, you know, being uh, told here, go go to the unemployment line. You know, they, they can afford not getting any more paychecks, and they're getting paychecks anyway. So it, it's just a matter of being kicked to the curb. It's more the embarrassment, I suppose, of being fired versus the, uh, you know, aggravation and worrying about paying the bills, like, again, uh, you know, most of America has to worry about. So I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for these coaches. Uh, that, that they get fired. But they did ask Doug Peterson yesterday about, uh, you know, his job security. Uh, and he said, listen, I've been around this league a long time, 25 years, I believe, as a player and a coach. And we're always based on and evaluated on our performance right now. That's obviously not my concern. As far as that decision goes, that's out of my hands. There you go with that quote again. But what's in my hands, in my control, was getting the team prepared and ready for Green Bay this weekend. So, you know, coaches rhetoric. But it, it is amazing. Now, Listen, I've never been a big Doug Marone fan. He looks too much like a goofball on the sidelines. He really does. You know, there are certain guys that have the look, and there are certain guys that don't have the look. You got a lot of guys in the NFL that don't have the look. And meaning, you see Mike Tomlin walking down the NFL down the street, you could say, yeah, that's an NFL head coach. He's got the look. He, you know, he looks like, okay, I get it. You see goofy Doug Marone or uh, Doug Peterson or Adam Gaze, God forbid, walking down the street, you know, bald Matt Nagy, you know, you know, NFL head coach doesn't exactly come screaming out at you. It really doesn't. Now, it's got nothing to do with their performance, obviously, but you got to have the look. You know, if you have the look, you will withstand being fired. I've said that all along. And I can give you a thousand examples of guys who didn't have the look that don't get the benefit of the doubt. But if you're on that sidelines and you look like you're well presenting, you know, you're the state and you know the situation and you're not flailing around and then looking clueless. And if you got that, you know, uh, Dan Reeves, you know, strong Tom Landry, you know, Don Shula look, okay, you, you'll get the benefit of the doubt because you look like you know what you're doing. So as long as you look like you know what you're doing, even though you may not, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But if you're fat and overweight and bold, as most of our audience is, no offense, truckers, uh, you know you don't get you don't get the benefit of the doubt. You you just look like this guy looks like he's clueless. I mean, Doug Marone, man, lose a hundred pounds, brother. I mean, you look like you're lost over there. You know, Adam Gaze, put a smile on your face, do something. You know, get a new hairdo. 
you look like you're lost. You know, Anthony Lynn, my goodness, you know, you look as starry side as you as anyone could possibly be on the sideline. You got to have the look. So Marone and, and some of these others, Peterson, they don't have the look. And Peterson doesn't have the look. I'm telling you, it's as simple as that. It is. You, you think I'm joking? I'm not. I am not. Appearance is everything. So it is not a surprise to me that the Philadelphia Eagles just three seasons ago are celebrating, you know, a championship, a Super Bowl. <clears throat> they made the playoffs the last two years after the Super Bowl. And this, this year, obviously, they're in a position to make the playoffs, you know, winning that crazy NFC East. Chances are they won't, but it, it's been one year. You know, it'll be one year that they don't make the playoffs. After winning a Super Bowl, going to the postseason two more years, and despite that, they're asking Doug Peterson about his job security. It's amazing. It really is amazing. So that said, you know, why not take out the, on this hump day uh, the list of coaches who I think are on the hottest hot seats? Now, we'll throw out the interim head coaches because they're all on the hot seat. Atlanta uh, with my guy Raheem Morris and, and uh, Romeo Cronell in Houston and, uh, and the Detroit Lions, um, you know, with, with the devil. Uh, those guys all probably won't be around next year. Maybe, maybe Morris, but uh, I don't think the other two. So we'll throw those out the windows. But there are three openings. I'm going to start with a surprise. Fellow Patterson, New Jersey guy, which I did not realize until I started looking up some of his numbers. I did not realize that uh, Bruce Arians was from Patterson, New Jersey, as I was. He may, now, he's older than me. He's 68. But depending on how long he lived in Patterson, I moved out with the, the folks when I was uh, eight years old, seven, eight years old. He may have been my neighbor. I, mean, you know, I don't even know that. I, mean, I don't know where, you know, Patterson's not that big in New Jersey, dumpy little town for sure. But he, I may have lived in the same street. He may have been my neighbor next door for all I know. So it pains me to say it, but I know it's kind of crazy. But it would not shock me if Tampa Bay moved on from Arians at the end of the year. If things now, Tampa Bay's schedule the rest of the season is very easy. They got Atlanta a couple times. Uh, they have uh, one or two more patsies on there. You know, they, they played the toughest part of their schedule. I, I looked at it the other day. I forget exactly what it was, but they got Atlanta twice. And, and, and like I said, one or two other patsies where they really should be able to turn things around. You know, it's not really turning things around. It's just having a lot easier schedule. But, you know, if it continues the way it's going at seven and five, chances are they're going to make the playoffs. They're not going to fall that far. But if they were to get knocked out in the first round, <clears throat> especially as it looks like they're not going to get into that lucky number five hole where they get to face the NFC East champ. Uh, they're right now in the number six hole. So you're talking about facing, you know, New Orleans or Green Bay. You're, you're talking about facing a real good football team in the first round. They, If they're one and done with Tom Brady coming in, knowing that, you know, the Arians only second year with Tampa Bay, went seven to nine last year, uh, went eight and eight and seven, eight and one his last two years in Arizona. He is 68 years old. You know, I, I wonder if they would just go to uh, Bruce and just say, listen, it's not working out. You know, we got Brady under contract for another year. Clearly used to have been butting heads the entire season. You've been putting up a good front about how it's, it's just normal. But, you know, Brady's not happy about it. He used to he's used to doing things his way with Belichick. You're clearly not that way. We're not having success with you. Didn't have it last year with Winston. Now we give you a great quarterback. We give you Gronk. We give you A.B. And you still can't win. You know what, uh, Bruce? 
Uh, you're going to be 69 years old next year. Uh, it wouldn't shock me. It would not shock me if he was done after one season. Matt Nagy would come in at number six. Now, I really don't think that they're going to do it. But, you know, listen, he did go 12-4 and four two seasons ago. Uh, went 8-8 eight and eight last year. He's at 5-6 and six this year. They've lost five in a row. His press conference the other day showed signs of desperation, challenging the players. You never, ever, ever, ever get that in the NFL. You really don't. Uh, but that shows how desperate he is. And maybe, just maybe, he's getting signs that there's a big positive. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, Obviously, when we were changing coordinators, um, you know, who was calling plays and, and kind of, uh, the scheme of our offense changed as well, kind of midseason, which was pretty, pretty uh, unique and, and difficult. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I know Bev's going to continue calling the plays on offense. Um, so I don't think much will change there um, as far as, you know, having to get used to new things. But, uh, you know, each one of these times it happens, you hate to see it happen, but it's a, it's a unique challenge. We got to, as players, uh, you know, adapt and, and obviously, Get ready to go to work. You know, we've got uh, five football games left. Obviously, a good football team in Chicago coming up. Um, So we've got a lot of work to do. Matthew Stafford, uh, Detroit Lions quarterback, talking about the coaching change in Detroit and who's going to be running the show uh, with Darrell Bevel, now the interim head coach uh, for the Detroit Lions. I I don't think it's going to make a difference, although I must say my survivor pool, we were going to take Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking the ride up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, We were going to take Chicago this weekend, knowing that we have to take a team. We, we, We pick two teams a week. And, you know, so you're, um, we're down to 10 teams. So you got to pick some of these teams. If you're wondering, oh, why are you picking Chicago? Uh, because you got to pick some of these guys. And, and there are still basically 60 guys or so. That's one thing about these Wednesday games, as I told you before. It kind of sucks. You know, if you're doing fantasy, if you're doing survivor pools or any other kind of pools, the new week hasn't started yet. So we're still waiting for the recap of the last week. But as we figured it out, there's a basically about 50, 60 people out of a pool that started with 1,600 that are still in it. So it's going to go a few more weeks. So you have to kind of position yourself. So we're all set to take the Bears this week, figuring out right, the Bears. I know they're struggling, but they're at home and they're against the god awful Lions. And then the Lions got to fire Matt Patricia. Fudge. Ugh. You know, because now you got the coach's fired system in play, which was one of the best betting systems there is out there. And I'll tell you, it's really in play with this Lions team because clearly they hated playing for Patricia. And and now they've probably been given a a breath of fresh air. I don't know if they like Bevel or not. He's clueless. But, you know, no doubt they're going to put forth a much, much, much better effort. They're not out of it, believe it or not, you know, playoff-wise. You know, it would take some doing at this point, but they're only two games back, you know, with uh, six games left, five, six games left. So it's, it's not the craziest thing in the world. All you got to do is just win some games. You'll pick up some ground. You got to leapfrog, you know, three, four, five teams in the NFC, but with nobody winning in the NFC, if you were to actually win, and that you would be, in this case, the Lions, they, they would be right there. So... You're going to get a renewed effort out of Detroit this weekend. Is that going to be enough to beat Chicago? I, I don't know. But 
I still think Nagy's on the hot seat for the Bears. It's only been year number three. He went 12 and four the first year, eight and eight last year, five and six this year as we talk NFL head coaches on the hot seat. You know, but I could see the GM in front office saying, listen, we gave you Mitch Trubisky and you screwed that up. We gave you Nick Foles and you screwed up that as well. We've given you a Super Bowl caliber defense. Uh, you're an offensive guy, oh, by the way. Now, if you were a defensive guy, maybe a different story. You can just blame it on the offensive coordinator, but you're the offensive guy. You're the guy that's supposed to be fixing the offense. So, you know, one playoff in three seasons, if they don't make it this year, I, I, I could definitely, you know, they're going to get rid of Trubisky. You know, they're stuck with Foles, but I can't believe they'd go into next season thinking Nick Foles is going to be the answer. So, uh, you know, the GM is going to have to really kind of clean house there a little bit and the quarterback position and start fresh. That That's when you want to bring in a new head coach. So it is kind of there if they wanted to make a change. You know, a lot of this stuff is just, does the GM get along with the head coach? Is the GM looking for a way out? Or is he looking for a reason to keep the head coach? You know, I know that sounds simplistic, but you can make a case on why these coaches, for the most part, should keep their job or why they should get rid of them. Doug Peterson is number five with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm a little surprised he's on this list here, but, you know, hearing the word out of Philadelphia, the disgruntled Eagles fan has a louder voice than most other franchises fans. Super Bowl win, but that was three years ago. Awful drafting. Peterson not making adjustments. You know, Howard Roseman, the GM, could say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing some pressure. I'm hearing some people yell and scream about me. So what do I do? I cut the closest around me. Put the blame on them. So he could be faced with a him or Peterson situation with the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, who's not too happy with the plight of the Eagles right now. So I, I could see if for no other reason Roseman making Peterson the scapegoat in this whole mess. Number four. Zach Taylor, Cincinnati. Only year number two, but last year he had two wins. This year, Joe Burrow, two wins. You know, Burrow's now hurt and out, but bottom line is in two seasons, he's 422 and one. Joe Burrow injury may have thrown him a life raft, but could I see the Bungles cutting him loose? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's one of those head coaches that just looks like, you know, a 12-year-old kid on the sidelines. And he's not much older than 12. I, I could see the Bungles saying, listen, you know what? It, it didn't work with Burrow. Now, Burrow put up some halfway decent numbers, and the team is a, is a far ways away from really being a competitive football team. But I could I see them saying, well, you did nothing two years ago with Andy Dalton. Uh, now we're giving you Joe Burrow, and you did nothing with him. So we seemingly have our quarterback in the future, but we haven't seen you, you know, perform any miracles. So we're kicking you out and we're going to bring in uh, a veteran guy. I, I could see that happening. I don't think it will, but it is the Bungles. It is the Bungles. So you never know. Again, that's one of those where if Cincinnati likes this guy around the office, sure, okay, you got to get at least three years, if not four, right? Uh, but if they don't like the guy, he's a pain in the ass, he's this, he's that, I could see them saying, well, you know, we tried, we failed, we're, we're going to move on. Number three, Anthony Lynn of the Chargers. He's just clueless on the sidelines. And, you know, his record is not horrible, 29 and 31 in four years. Had to deal with Phillip Rivers. You know, had to deal with, with him last year, you know, being basically awful. Uh, but what Phillip Rivers is doing with the Colts this season 
is not helping Lynn and the Chargers any because he's having some success. They've blown four games this year with 16-point or higher leads. Uh, he's clueless with the with the Justin Herbert Tyrod Taylor situation. You know, you know, saying that uh, it's Tyrod Taylor's team. Meanwhile, Herbert's throwing for touchdown passes and 300 yards left and right. And somehow or another, he's still saying it's Tyrod Taylor's team. I mean, he looked clueless whether he was taking one for the club because they, you know, uh, punctured his lung or not. He he came across as clueless. We're like Anthony. You're watching the game. He's a rookie quarterback. You chose him with a sixth overall pick. He's doing wonders, and you're telling us that Tyrod Taylor, you know, a journeyman quarterback, is still your quarterback of the future? What, are you kidding me? So he's come across clueless this year. He really has blown those big leads. Game management is horrible, just absolutely horrible. I could see the Chargers saying, we tried, we failed. I I could. Number two on the list most likely to go, Jets head coach Adam Gase. Now. He's not number one because he does have, out of all the other head coaches, I think he has the biggest excuses available. Had the injury to Sam Darnold again this year after missing him a good portion of last year. So he's yet to have a full season, not even close to a full season out of of Darnold, who they spent the number three overall pick on a couple years ago. Uh, They had to release running back Le'Veon Bell. That was a disaster. They had to trade safety Jamal Adams, their best uh, defensive player. That was a disaster. Uh, their second best uh, defensive player, linebacker C.J. Mosley, opted out at the beginning of the year. So it has been a train wreck. Whether Adam Gaze had any doing in that, you know, you can make the debate. I, I think he's had some. I think ultimately it is up to the head coach to get these guys to buy in. He couldn't do it with Le'Veon Bell, couldn't do it obviously with Jamal Adams, uh, couldn't convince Mosley to play. So he has to take some responsibility. But again, if the Jets front office said, listen, we like this guy. He's only been here two years. He hasn't had a full season. He's a quarterback supposedly guru. Um, you know, if we wanted him to work with Sam Darnold, or we say, you know what, we, we all think Darnold sucks, but he's still going to be able to draft Trevor Lawrence. And if we think Adam Gase is the quarterback guru, which is why we hired him in the first place, well, we're just going to let him now work with Trevor Lawrence versus a broken down Sam Darnold. They could think that. They could. I don't think that's going to occur. I, I think the Jet fan would go crazy. They never liked this guy from the get-go, former Dolphin head coach. You know, you know his first press conference, you know, the New York Post, the, the, the back pages were all of him looking starry-eyed and looking goofy. And, you know, so there, there was a, a, a hate relationship right from the get-go with this guy, and then the fans bought into that. So I'd be surprised, but, again, he has an out. And then number one would be Doug Marone, right, of of Jacksonville. I can't imagine the Jaguars keeping Marone. You know, they didn't fire him with the GM because they need someone to run the team. And I I guess they said, Doug, you know what, Uh, we'll throw you a bone. We'll let you be the head coach until the end of the year. But I, I cannot believe after this season, one win, after finishing lousy last year, I, I you know, I can't see them keeping Doug Marone around. They really, out of all the teams, not even the Jets, because the Jets don't have a whole heck of a lot, but out of all the teams, the Jaguars are the one that really need a new shuffling. They they need to, they don't have a quarterback. Uh, They have a nice little running back in James Robinson. Um, They don't necessarily have a big-time wide receiver. 
Uh, their defense is okay, but they don't have a face to the franchise type of player. They don't have even the Jets supposedly have that with Sam Darnold. They don't have anything, Jacksonville. They really, again, more than the Jets, more than the Chargers, more than all the others. They need to clean house, and and I think Marone is the first one that's going to be out the door uh, when the regular season ends. I, I think he'll be number one. I think uh, Gaze will be two. Anthony Lynn will be three. I think they'll all get whacked that first weekend after the, the Sunday games are, are done. I don't think any of those three will survive. I really don't. But Marone would be the most surprising if uh, one was to survive. I mean, he's number one on the hot seat. All right, uh, more coming up. Bagels and Bad Beats. Uh, this Sunday morning. It's got SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Wednesday morning, getting set for Wednesday afternoon football. How great is that? That is the focus of our poll question of the day. What is the best play today? Pittsburgh Lane 10 getting most of the action. 41% of the votes. Uh, under 42 and a half Pittsburgh Baltimore getting 29% of the vote. Over 42 getting 22. And uh, Baltimore plus 10 getting just 7. You know, the one good thing about doing a poll like this, that if you do like Pittsburgh, and you see these numbers, best bet Pittsburgh early, because this is a reflection of America, clearly our show. Uh, so that means the line will probably go up. If you like Baltimore, and you see only 7% of the people voting Baltimore right now, you wait as long as you possibly can, because that you know figures to be, you could probably get that at 10 and a half, 11 maybe, when everything is said and done. You know, the over and the unders, that, that's pretty much even. I don't know if that will reflect anything. But I will say, if I do like the over, I would jump in now at 42 because there's a 42 is a, you know, it, it's six touchdowns. 42 and a half is seven scores. Now just that, just that half a point, you know, there's magic numbers in gambling, you know, three and seven in particular, four to a certain extent. With over-unders, there are as well in that you don't, you know, I don't go by the over-under. I go by how many scores. And again, 42 points is six touchdowns, six times seven, 42. 42 and a half, now you need six touchdowns plus. You need that extra score. So that's why I would not risk this thing going to under 41 and a half. I don't think it would. Uh, it's To me, it's not worth it. So even if it did, you end up with a push versus if it goes over uh, and if it goes to 42 and a half and it lands on 42, you lose. So I'll, I'll accept the push if it did, does go lower versus taking a loss if it ends up going uh, higher than 42. And most people bet overs anyway, despite what our poll is doing right now. So I, I would play the over at 42 right now if you can get it at that. Uh, 844-843-6879. Little, uh, you know, NBA stuff here real quickly, because, and then I'm going to go back to the NFL. But just for the sake of saying it, uh, the NBA basically through the four-letter network released its Christmas Day schedule. And New Orleans and Miami at noon. Uh, so you're going to get, uh, you know, Zion there. Uh, Golden State and Milwaukee, you're going to get the Greek freak who's really not Greek at 2.30. You know, Brooklyn with Kevin Durant uh, against the Celtics at 5. Mavs and Luka Doncic uh, against the Lakers at 8 o'clock. And Eclipse against the Denver Nuggets at 10.30 as your late game. Um, I bring it up only because 
you know, welcome to the club, Luca. That that really his performance in the playoffs last year more than anything else. Now he's been pretty good for two seasons, but last year was his coming out party in that postseason, and that's why it's the Mavericks, Mavericks and Lakers. You know, they they you know listen, it was going to be the Lakers. But they they could have made Brooklyn and the Lakers, you know, Kevin Durant's, you know, a Golden State, you know, maybe uh, Zion and New Orleans in the Lakers. They could have picked any number of teams, you know, maybe a, a Finals rematch with Miami and the Lakers. But instead, they chose Luca and Dallas. That's the NBA's way of saying welcome to the club, kid. You've elevated yourself. You've been able to accomplish something that you know the Portland Jailblazers. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, to a lesser extent, because they are playing the late game, but that's the late game. Uh, that prime, there, there are two prime time games, you know, Mavericks, Lakers, 8 o'clock, and I would say Golden State, Milwaukee at 2.30. Those are the two biggies. Even 5 o'clock, you know, people are sitting down to eat right around then. Noon is kind of like a throwaway. No, no one's watching TV noontime on Christmas Day. Uh, 2.30 is kind of when you sit down, you turn on the TV set, you got your beverage there, and you got your antipasta and your supersada and all your hors d'oeuvres, and the family's over, generally speaking, and you watch some TV. 5 o'clock, you head to the table, you eat your dinner, you sit around. Then at 8 o'clock, you're back on the couch, back with more wine, more booze. You turn on the TV set, and now you're watching again. Now, those are the two slots, uh, 2.30 and 8 o'clock. And they got Golden State, you know. And the Greek freak is really not Greek. And they got the Lakers with LeBron, obviously, and the Mavs. Welcome to the club, Dallas. You've reached the pinnacle. You really have in the world of the NBA. It's amazing. Uh, Red Sox are supposedly interested in free agent pitcher Corey Kluber, according to uh, MLB Network. Now, normally that would be phenomenal, right? And, and it is good news. Don't get me wrong. But he's 34 years old. He pitched one inning last year, Red Sox fans. Uh, that after pitching just 35 innings the year before with Cleveland, last year with Texas, before he had a muscle strain, ended his year last season. So, <clears throat> you know, we're not getting Corey Kluber from four or five years ago. We're getting broken down Corey Kluber if, in fact, they sign him. But I will tell you, you know, as a Red Sox fan, you know, the Sox need pitching desperately, desperately. If they can get this guy on the cheap, you know, one-year contract for him to maybe want to improve himself, as long as we're not committing that much money, you know, you want to get him for what, a four, maybe $5 million contract? I mean, I wouldn't pay much more than that, even in today's world. You know, $6 million maybe, and I give it and a couple of incentives in there, seven, $8 million. Uh, I'll, I'll take my chances on the former Cy Young Award winner. I, I, I will. Like I said, I don't want to commit the four-year, you know, $80 million contract, but I'll, I'll take him on my team for a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of shekels for sure. All right, back to the NFL and, and college football. You know, I've noticed this before, and it's still there on FanDuel, the college football. We'll start there. Trevor Lawrence is minus 650 to be the first overall pick in the 2021 NFL college draft. And while that is a big number, I remember doing this last year with Joe Burrow. When he was, I, I think at the first I saw him, he was 10 to 1, and maybe 8 to 1. And I remember doing it with, on, on, on Sports Grid on uh, a couple of shows I was hosted on TV with the guys. And I said, you know, who, who else is going to go number one? I mean, th this was late in the year when it was, you know, we knew who Joe Burrow was at that point. 
I mean, the, the, it was a consensus. There's just no way he was not going no number one. I, I mean, maybe he wasn't going to go number one to the Bungles, but, you know, they would have traded out of that pick for someone that was going to take Burrow number one. So that was as good a 10-to-1 play as you will ever, ever have, right? And he obviously goes number one. And then those odds ended up shooting up to like 16, 20 to one. And at that point, all right, I'm not going to do that, even though it's, it's just as likely he goes number one, but I'm not laying those kind of odds. Who knows? It is the bungle. They are capable of doing something stupid. So now we look this year and we have another Joe Burrow type of situation in Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, does anyone really think that he's not going number one if he comes out? I mean, it's not going to be Justin Fields, you know, and who else outside of those two are even being considered, right? No, nobody. So he's only minus 650. The only caveat you have this year, last year the caveat was it's the Bungles and, and they could screw things up. This year, it's does Trevor Lawrence decide he's not coming out? And with FanDuel anyway, all bets are action, saying that if the NFL draft takes place in 2021, all bets count. In other words, if Trevor Lawrence announces after you place your bet that he's not coming out and he's playing for another year, you lose your bet. That's why the line is 650. That's your bet here. It's not whether he goes two or three or four. It's whether if he decides to stay another year at Clemson. You know, he's thrown a couple of wrinkles out there that he's at least considering it. I mean, he's not going back. Uh, you know, Dabo, I don't know how he could look himself square in the face and allow this kid to come back, you know, knowing he had the virus there for a week this year, knowing that quarterbacks come and go, knowing all the injuries that we've seen quarterbacks, whether it is Joe Burrow, whether it's Daniel Jones, you know, you cannot risk. You know, that, that injury to Burrow, maybe more than anything else, not whether Clemson reaches the ACC championship game, not whether Clemson reaches the Final Four, not whether Clemson wins the national championship. The Burrow injury to Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, folks, has to open up his eyes to the reality of it can go like that. It, it, it can go like that. Now, Burrow may come back, but, you know, we've seen Alex Smith have to deal with this stuff and, and maybe not come back. It, it, it could occur even in 2020. You could get hurt enough to that you might not be able to play ever again. So knowing that Burrow went down, you know, two weeks ago, any, any inkling that Trevor had of going back to Clemson and risking it all with an injury, he can't do it. And Dabo wouldn't be fair to allow this kid to do it. You know, he's got to be in that kid's living room with the parents saying, he's just, I'd love to have him back, but one, we got a backup was going to be just as good. And two, can't risk the injury. You just can't. So. Laying 650 on Lawrence going number one. Well, I'm not big on laying 650 on, on a lot of things. I tell you what, I guarantee you, as we sit here 50 past the hour on December 2nd, uh, within the next, I would say, two weeks, that line will be at least double. When, when Lawrence you know, makes it official, and I'm sure he will, you know, sometime soon, he has to. Um, that line will go up to 12, 13, 14, 15 to 1. Guarantee it. So it's well worth the minus 650. They also have on FanDuel who will draft Trevor Lawrence. Jets are the favorite at minus 320. 
Jacksonville, which figures to have the number two overall pick, is next in line at plus 250. Redskins at 15 to 1. And the Giants, oddly enough, at 22 to 1. Um, I'd be less reluctant or more reluctant. I'd be more reluctant to lay that 320 on the Jets because I, you know, could I see the Jets thinking that they still believe in Sam Darnold and I can get a boatload of draft choices from Jacksonville? which figures, again, to have the number two slot. You know, if Jacksonville's willing to give me three first-rounders uh, for that number one overall pick because we still believe in, in Sam Darnold, I, I could see that happening. I, I wouldn't do it myself, but I could definitely see that happening with the Jets. So I, I would not lay the 320. As crazy as it sounds, I, I am much more, much more comfortable laying the 650 on Trevor Lawrence than I am the 320 on the Jets drafting him. So... But Trevor Lawrence minus 650. I know that, that's tough to lay 650, but that, there's just no way he's not going number one. And there's just no way he's not coming out. You know, let's look, take a look at some of the lines here from this weekend's games. We got a couple of minutes here before break. You know, Dolphins are 11.5 point favorite over those bungles that we talked about. Yet the, the, the game of the week is Tennessee and the Browns. Tennessee, after that great performance against Indy, laying six against the Browns. Wow. How is that not a four o'clock game? That's a one o'clock game. When a Tennessee Titans team gets no love, they never get four o'clock games. I don't understand it. Chicago's laying three against Detroit. Colts are laying only three at Houston. Texans playing a little bit better football. Kind of moment of truth for, for the Colts. If they lose, they'll fall two back of uh, the, uh, the Titans, it, as long as the Titans win. Minnesota's uh, laying nine and a half against Jacksonville. Jets are getting seven and a half against the Raiders. Now, you would think, right, <clears throat> that the Raiders um, would perform better after just laying a complete egg against Atlanta. But I, I don't have any faith in this Raider team. I don't. I'm assuming they didn't fly back to Las Vegas. I have to double check on that. Um, Atlanta's getting three against the Saints. That's a lot of love for the Falcons. Rams laying three against Arizona. Like the, the Giants are getting the back. Line, the line. I beg with a bad beach close up shop with a We do this 24 hours a day, every day. It's real. And it's here. We've got to come up with a better name for it than fantasy sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. college basketball games today, including uh, one this afternoon as well. Uh, we'll start with the NFL. I, I do like the over in a game. I, I, I don't have faith in Baltimore or Pittsburgh. Don't know what teams you're going to get today. But that said, 
Uh, 42 is a halfway decent number. I know it's not Lamar Jackson. I get that. It's RG3, but that's okay. He's, a, he's more than capable of putting a couple of points on the board. Pittsburgh generally plays higher scoring games at home. So given the over 42, I, I like that a lot. And then I'm going to go to later on tonight. I was tempted this afternoon. Pretty good basketball game uh, in Indiana and Stanford and Texas and North Carolina. Two halfway decent games. I was going to go under on the Indiana game, knowing they only scored 44 points last time out uh, against Texas. But I'm going to go to later on tonight. Uh, it was one of our favorite plays all of last season. And I'm going to hop right back on and at the over in Gonzaga games. Uh, all but I, I think it was three last year, literally two or three Gonzaga games. Every other one went over, all but three or so did. So they're two and oh over again this year. They've scored 90 points or more in both of their games, hitting the 100 point mark in one of them. I'm going to go over 153 and a half Gonzaga in West Virginia. It's a halfway decent number, 153. It's not that high. Uh, they do have to put some points on the board, obviously, but that's okay. This Zags team is pretty good. They're great in the regular season, so I'm going to keep riding the overs for sure. A couple of stories. Oh, let me first update the, uh, the poll question here. Best play today? Uh, so far now it's Pittsburgh laying the 10, getting the 39% of the vote. Under 42, over 23, and over 23. That'll do for us at a time, so don't make sure we get to any. Enjoy your Wednesday for the NFL. The fun already are big for that Build digital first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.